Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm Tristan. And this is the Nitty Gritty Reviews podcast. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about the 1988 action classic Die Hard. This movie has a 30th anniversary coming up, um, I believe in just a couple days when this is going to be posting. Um, so that's an exciting thing. <laughs> um, so this is going to be a nitty gritty review of this movie, which means we're going to go through every category of the grid and talk about what worked and what doesn't. Um, and before we delve um, right on into the grid, I think there's a, a couple things uh, I know that I wanted to talk about right off the top. First of all, uh, even though it's been a couple weeks since we posted the Iron Man 3 review, I do feel I need to uh, make a, a public amendment. <laughs> I uh, erroneously attribute Die Hard to Shane Black several times, I believe, in that review. I know now that was incorrect. Um, I see so why it, it's pretty wrong. Um, I see why I got it so so confused. Shane Black also does action movies, always taking place at Christmas, and, and has been very influential in the in the action genre, just not with Die Hard. Um, and Die Hard actually takes place at Christmas because Lethal Weapon took place at Christmas, and that one is a Shane Black movie. Um, <laughs> so so I just got a little confused and and showed my naivete with the action genre. Um, and anyway, now that I said that, I realized I once again, uh, just like I did with Iron Man 3, weirdly, um, I, I kind of forgot to introduce this movie. Uh, so Die Hard, 1988 action movie. This is uh, directed by John McTiernan and written by, uh, let's see, written by Jeb Stewart and Stephen E. DeSouza and based on the novel by Roderick Thorpe. I never knew this movie was based on a novel till today. Um, that's something different. Um, and it is starring, of course, Bruce Willis as John McClane, Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber, and Reginald Val Johnson as Sergeant Al Powell. Um, and, and several other people are in this movie as well, but those are the, the main players. Um, so now that, now that all of that's out of the way, um, so this is, I think I already said this already, but, um, this was, this was the first time I had ever seen this movie. Um, somehow... It just never, uh, never made it on my radar. Well, it was on my radar, but never on my screen, <laughs> I guess. Sure. Um, yeah, how about you? Um, I've never seen this either. I've seen yeah. references to it, and I know a lot of people like it. I know yeah. characters on Friends like it. <laughs> I know characters on It's Always Sunny. I think they reference Die Hard. I think they're more Lethal Weapon fans, though. yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've seen so many references to it and I've heard people quote it. I can quote it. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a quotable movie that left an impact. Oh yeah. And it's definitely, um, just so, so saturated in our culture. It's, it's, um, it's definitely one of those movies I, I felt like I had seen right. even though I hadn't. And it's between the, like I said, the references, like they're like, I knew the first line before, well, I, I got it a little messed up, but I had a, a general idea of what the first line of the movie was going to be, and I'd never seen it, just because I've seen so many references to it. And it's even, 
Sorry, you look like you were going to say something. Yeah, wasn't that a plot of The Office? I was just, that was one of the things yeah, I was going to say. One. Yeah, there's there's an episode of The Office where a character is like, I know that whole movie, I can recite it by heart. So they spend the Christmas party with him reenacting Die Hard. Um, so yeah, it's just like like almost every show probably I've ever watched references <laughs> this movie and, and almost every action movie that I've seen. I mean, I haven't seen that many action movies. I really don't like the genre, but even Iron Man 3, which we just reviewed, <laughs> And that's not the same writer director. Um, you know, there, there's definitely a clear influence there. Yeah. And even even things like like Deadpool that that you know oh, is, yeah. is definitely meta and definitely making fun of genre conventions in general, but much more specifically the superhero genres. I saw things in that, like the character of of Argyle. It's like, oh, this was a lot like the cab driver yeah, in Deadpool. True. Like that whole dynamic felt very, very similar. Um, so, I mean, it's just the influences are just, which we'll get into across the grid, but it's it's so saturated in our culture. And it's even to the point, like, I've, I've read a, a decent amount of screenwriting books, because um, I'm one of those people that procrastinates by reading books instead of actually writing. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. And in almost every single one of those books, this movie is 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 referenced, at, and even to the point where it's, it's broken down. And so I saw another reason why I feel like I've seen it is I've seen the plot broken down and analyzed right. um, and still for whatever reason, just never got around to seeing it until today. Um, so I'm, I'm actually pretty excited, even though um, I, I do think it's important to note up front that, that neither of us are, are action movie fans. Um, I don't, I can't speak for you, but I know we're kind of in the same boat. So, so I guess I did just speak for you, but mm. um, like, I haven't seen at many action movies and like even as a kid I, yeah. I like action adventure like I like the Indiana Jones type like okay adventure but when it's just straight action like this um it's not really my my genre um so it was still interesting though to just see yeah to, to just see um so I'm excited to talk about it yeah um me too uh, I, like you said, I'm not a big fan of action movies. I've probably seen fewer than you because I know your mom is a big fan. So you've probably been yeah. exposed to some that I don't even know about. But uh, this is definitely a movie I think everyone should see, just like you should see Citizen Kane. I'm not saying this is the Citizen Kane of action movies. I mean, it probably or maybe is, it is. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people would argue it is. It's just if, you had, if I had to pick like 10 movies that everyone should see, this would definitely be on the and certainly if you're talking about genre, I mean, I took, yeah. a, I took a genre studies class in college and he made us watch Taken for an action movie. I was like, why not? I think he just assumed everybody had seen Die Hard, so he didn't want to have us watch that. But I'm like, if you want to study genre, take yeah. us to the beginning, or at least a turning point. It's not technically the beginning. There were plenty in the 70s and 80s before this, but you know, we'll get more into that later. But Sure we will. But Taken, why? I don't know. I thought that was an odd choice. Anyway, um, was there anything anything else you want to add uh, just off the top before we delve into the grid? No, there's not. All right, so the first category of the grid is one that I know I'm going to have a field day with, so I think maybe, uh, maybe you should start on this one, <laughs> unless you don't want to, but that's going to be writing, plot, and genre. And I know especially genre I'm going to have, have just a field day with. Um, so what were your thoughts? <laughs> I thought this category scored pretty highly overall. Okay. Anything in particular that was a strength or anything that stood out as a weakness? Yeah, there were a few things. I, I thought the plot structure was 
perfect. Really? Um, just on the first viewing. Yeah. And I, and I just finished it, what, 20 minutes ago. So oh. maybe if it settles in my head, it usually takes me a couple days to, to really form an opinion about a movie. And maybe if I watched it a few times, I would find all kinds of plot holes. But that then stood out as a plot hole. There were a few things that were kind of convenient, like the guy you know, walks away at just the right time or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I also thought it was very well structured. It was There wasn't any scenes that I thought went on for too long or were too slow or were just unnecessary. Okay. I thought that was all very well done. I was pretty happy with that. It kept me... Uh, entertained and interested. So yeah, I, I gave plot structure a perfect 10 out of 10 on my first watch. And also genre cl cliches, tropes, and twists, I gave it a perfect 10 out of 10. Just because it's been referenced so many times. And, you know, just from the conversations that, that we've had where you tell me about uh, your encyclopedic knowledge of <laughs> film and film theory and film crit criticism and Say that after I just admitted that I credited the wrong director to one of the most famous movies ever made. Well, it's not always an accurate encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a Wikipedia. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it scored really high on those two. Uh, what did you think? Um, I thought pretty much the same thing. I didn't uh, rate it quite as highly as you, though. Um, for both, uh, for plot structure and character outer goals, I gave both of those a 7 out of 10. Uh, definitely, particularly for an action movie, exceeded my expectations, um, but just didn't really seem outstanding, I guess. Um, okay. I don't necessarily have any, uh, particularly for plot structure, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, but I think things like, like the plot conveniences and things like that uh, were maybe enough to, to knock it down a little bit. And then even things like the... Um, the police chief, I think, was his position, who yeah. was just, like, a completely incompetent idiot. Well, Ugh. yeah, that's one of the things I noticed, that there's, like, three levels of uh, law enforcement going on. And, like, the people, the cops who are, you know, on the beat in the streets, those are the most competent. And then it gets bumped up to the FBI, who are less competent. Or, no, it goes gets bumped up to the, like, the the higher-ups within the police force, and, and they're less competent. And then it gets bumped up to the FBI, who are just so completely incompetent and reckless. Yeah. I think that was very intentional. I think it was, too. I, I just didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just, particularly with the with the police chief, it was just played to such comedic effect, um, which, I, which I also think was intentional. I think he was intended to be a little bit of a comedic relief. Um, yeah. And I just, it just rubbed me the wrong way. I just didn't like it. Um, which doesn't necessarily, I mean, that's definitely more uh, a character complaint than a, than a plot complaint. Um, but I do think it plays into the structure because his decisions, um, like the incompetent things that he does, very much so plays within the plot. Um, and it just seemed like one of those things where I'm like, really? Come on, dude, get it together. Yeah. Um, so he does, it's, it's things like that. It definitely still, I mean, a seven is still a strong score. It's still, like I said, exceeded my expectations, especially for an action movie, um, and especially for an 80s movie. Let's say 80s can be kind of a rough time period <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, so, I mean, I thought it was definitely solid. Um, and the Outer Goals, I thought, were the only reason Outer Goals didn't get um, like a nine or a 10 um, is largely because the villains were, were very much so just villains to be villainous. I did like the the approach of like, like, oh, instead of being terrorists, they're just going to be 
thieves that want money, but they're going to make it look like they're terrorists yeah. so they can get away. Like, I liked that layering of their motivation. Um, I thought that was a neat twist, but it still, still felt very much so, like, you know, rubbing your hands together. I'm evil because I'm evil. Right. Um, kind of thing. I don't know, they had Alan Rickman, so they thought that gets them away with quite a bit <laughs> as far as that goes. Um, but, you know, overall, um, I just didn't quite score it as highly as you. Um, although, what did you give it for? I know we don't usually go through every single um, every single subcategory, and we won't for for all the categories. But I'm just curious with the writings. It sounds like you gave it really high scores. The overall for writing, or um, no, just the the character outer goals. Oh, seven. Okay, so we're the same there. Uh, for the same reason, they were yeah. pretty solid, but kind of straightforward and kind of uh, generic kind of too easy to do but like you said we don't even really know what the outer goals of the terrorists are until i don't know at least halfway through the movie yeah what did you think i know you mentioned a little bit about pace um well i guess you already kind of said so you, you liked the pace about the pace was pretty good i did there's yeah. not a lot that felt unnecessary okay and i think it did a good job of balancing the action with uh, like the, the witty dialogue and that's and true the backstory was uh brief <laughs> they gave yeah. just enough yeah. to get to the explosions and stuff which was perfect for this movie i think you that's don't need true. to give that much it's pretty straightforward like i don't know it's just one of those things where relying on those tropes kind of fills in the blanks and you don't have to elaborate on it that much yeah that's fair um, so what did you get? Again, I'm not going to go through every set. I did, just for the writing, particularly because I've seen this script um, dissected so much in, in screenwriting books, um, and it gets talked about a lot. I do want to get a little bit more into the nitty gritty than we usually do. So what was your score for Pace? Nine out of ten. Outstanding. Really? I only gave and this is um, for sure letting my bias show. I'm not going to lie. I gave it a, a six out of ten. Uh, it met my expectations and was on the high end of that, but it's still, I think, I think what it comes down to is it was still an action movie and I get right. bored with action, um, which is not this movie's fault. It does, like you said, it was, it's the Citizen Kane of action movies. It's, it does everything it sets out to do very, very well. So I probably should have given it a higher score for that because um, its only fault is, is not being what I want in a movie. <laughs> um, but I still, that's why I gave it on the higher end of meets expectations. Um, I didn't dock it points, but I didn't I didn't go into the outstanding range, certainly. Um, and then we'll circle back to, to genre because I know I'm going to have the most to say there. Oh, yeah. um, I guess I actually, I don't really have much to say about world building and exposition. Like you said, there wasn't much of it. Um, which which was appropriate for this movie yep. for the most part. Um, it's not introducing some alien world or anything like that. It's it's L.A. skyscraper. It's a uh, family falling apart. Exactly. It's guys in business suits with guns. Yeah. It's cops. It's FBI. Yeah. There you go. That's all you need. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so I only gave I gave it a, well not only I gave it seven out of ten for world building exposition. Wow. I actually gave it a five out of ten. Really? Okay. I don't even think they mentioned what the business is that they do. Did they, did they need to? <laughs> I know. That's that's. I thought they that's were, kind of like a double-edged thing. Were they like an architecture firm or something? Because they were building some bridge or something. Oh, it's yeah. like one maybe. of their projects. I don't know if they were funding it or Yeah, that's true. They seem it. to just have... Just business. Yeah. 80s business. 
That's true. I guess there were some pretty basic things they could have explained. But it's but not necessary. Yeah. It so just... it's met expectations to me. All right. Um, so I do want to talk about uh, about genre. But <laughs> I just paused dramatically because I'm like, oh, where to begin? Um, so I get, well, I guess maybe I'll let, I'll let you talk. <laughs> just to, I don't want to haunt the conversation. What did you think about, about genre other than kind of what you've already said about, about tropes and things like that? I, I think what I said. I already said what I think. Oh, you don't have I anything don't, else to add? I, not anything off the top of my head. Okay. Maybe I'll jump in if you mention something. Yeah, and feel free to interrupt because I, I love, I love genre and I love um, evolution of genre and seeing like early examples of a genre. And, and this is a really, a really interesting example of of an action genre movie because we've had action movies. I mean, a lot of people argue that Westerns were the first action movies. I think that's too specific of a genre to count. I disagree, but a lot of people argue that. Um, but then even that aside, we had um, Terminator, Indiana Jones. Like We definitely get action movies before this, but it's very much, I mean, Indiana Jones is action adventure, very much so about the adventure and the action is secondary. Right. Terminator is very much so a sci-fi movie and the action is secondary. Um, so this was like really, and there was, there was Lethal Weapon like very shortly before this, which was very influential for this movie. Uh, but the, even that one is, is, was very much so a, a buddy cop kind of movie that just has a, I think, right? Not, I think so. That's another one I haven't seen. I'm like, oh, let's not have another. I haven't seen snafu. it either, but I've seen so many references. Yeah, so that it just has like a different. And is that one more of a comedy? I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Um, action. Have we said already that <laughs> action movies are not our forte? Um, but yeah, so we had Lethal Weapon in '87, and then this in '88, and those were really the first two. Um, kind of steering us into this direction. And with with uh, Die Hard, so all I could think of was Lethal Weapon. With Die Hard, we have, uh, we have Bruce Willis emerging as an action star. We have, you know, this, um, really it's, it's a new development of the action hero, which I think is really interesting. Whereas, you know, before this we had, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. We had uh, even Harrison Ford, who you know, is just like ridiculously handsome and has that like, swagger he's the adventurer you know and then and then here comes bruce willis he's he's just an everyday guy well he's a cop well yeah i'm I'm talking more physical appearance okay he's not he's not this he's not a bodybuilder he's not super chiseled he's he's i mean he's super muscular don't get me wrong like he's he's a fit dude especially in this movie but like i mean he's he's an they intentionally went out of their way to cast somebody to be an everyday joe okay character which we had never seen in an action movie before. That just wasn't done. You had right. Bronzy. You had Conan. Yeah, exactly. And it really, um, that it, now this is going to get really nerdy. And I'm going to keep it really, really short, but I will try to find the essay and put it in the show notes because it was really interesting. Um, in school, I read an essay that was all about... Um, masculinity and how it's presented in the media and how it it has shifted throughout the years and it spent a long time talking about how Die Hard shifted the perception of masculinity in particularly in western society and how it went from being all about muscle to being all about wit 
Um, and it was just like this really, um, really clear shift that, that happened in society. Um, and it was just a really interesting article and, and it really showed, it was an essay, it wasn't an article. Um, anyway, so that, I, I just thought that was really interesting and just, uh, just shows how, how films can influence society and, and how they have importance and, um, worth, I guess, or, or I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but how, how they can impact society in unexpected ways and I think that's exactly what this movie did is it okay. it changed the way a society perceived a gender which I just find incredibly fascinating um so that was really I, I intended that to be a rant about genre and it kind of off topic um but it I mean it did um it, it really changed the um the archetype of the action hero it took you know what used to be Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and that type of, you know, huge muscles and, you know, ridiculously handsome, doesn't even need to deliver lines particularly well, like that kind of hero and, and gave us an everyday Joe that's you know more about wit and cleverness and outsmarting the bad guy and, and just sheer survival, you know, outlasting the bad guy. Uh, apparently the 80s ideal action hero could be a contestant on Survivor. Um, and I can tell I am just boring Tristan to death, so... That's uh, your podcast. <laughs> yeah. Interesting things to say. I mean, I just think it's, I think it's really interesting. It's one of the main reasons I wanted to, to review this movie. I mean, it is having a big 30th anniversary this year, and neither of us had seen it. Um, but it does get referenced you know, between the screenwriting books and the film theory books and, and just filmmaking books in general. Like, it's just referenced constantly in a lot of different areas. Um, and that's one of them that I wanted to talk about um, within the realm of genre, um, just because I think it's really interesting and, and just shows how how films can have an impact on society beyond just a pop culture kind of impact. Like, it's not just that this movie is, is saturated in our society, it's that it potentially, depending on your views, <laughs> it, could, it very likely had a, an impact on society's perception of masculinity, um, which I just think is really interesting that that films and, and archetypical characters maybe that's a better way of looking at it that these character archetypes uh, end up being what we base our perception of of things like masculinity or femininity on um it's just some really interesting stuff so anyway if any of that sounds at all interesting to you i encourage you to check out those articles or even just google and and trying to find those articles because i didn't remember the names right off the top of my head and you know i just searched die hard masculinity or something to that effect and a whole bunch of articles came up they all looked interesting um so if any of this sounds interesting to you i i encourage you to check it out it's it's some interesting stuff some of the articles get pretty dense but i think it's interesting anyway um i probably bored a lot of people um so i'll, I'll wrap it up um was there anything within writing plot and genre that you wanted to to add or should we wrap it up no i can't think of anything okay what was your total score? Total score for plot and genre was 8.2. Outstanding. All right. I give it a 7.2. Um, solidly exceeds expectations, um, but definitely not quite into that outstanding range for me. Right. I think part of it is that I tried to view this as an action movie and score it a little more like an action movie. Because I guess that's always, you need kind of a middle ground, or maybe you don't, I don't know, between like scoring it as a movie compared to all other movies in existence or as a movie within the set of movies that you're comparing. Well, 
Like, do you do you compare a Marvel movie with all the Marvel movies, or do you compare it to every movie ever made? That's kind of the same yeah, thing. That makes sense. I, I think it's a little of both because I did right. try, um, like for pace. Um, had I not been thinking of it in terms of like, well, for an action movie, the pace was pretty good. Had I been looking at it as like. Oh, compared to every movie ever made, like on a little board, that's right. below expectations. So I think they were both somewhere in the middle, but you're a little closer to comparing it to all other movies, and I'm a little closer to comparing it to action movies. That makes sense. Which is not good or bad, right or wrong. No, that's just different different perceptions. That's the the beauty of the grid. That's right. If I can pat myself on the back, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Man, whoever thought of this grid is like a film genius. <laughs> So that's going to bring us to the next category, which is going to be writing characters. Uh, and this one, I think this one, I did look at it um, much more so than the last category um, within the within the lens of comparing it to other action movies. Because um, typically, one of the things um, I think that makes me dislike action movies in general is the lack of focus on characters. Right. Um, and I thought this movie actually did, uh, particularly for an action movie. I thought they did a pretty good job, particularly um, with the character of John McClane. Obviously, not quite as much with the villains that were much more so just villains for the sake of being villains. Right. Um, which did keep the scores down a little bit. Um, but I still I still gave it pretty high scores overall throughout this category. What did you think? Yeah, I also gave it pretty high scores. I gave it sevens for everything except dialogue, which got a nine. Okay. It's still quite a bit higher than mine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I gave it, um, it's not that much different, I guess. The highest thing that I scored was the character inner needs, which I gave an 8.5 out of 10. Um, even though we really only see the inner needs of John McClane, uh, usually there, there is no inner needs in an action movie. And if there is, it's very, very surface level. And I thought he actually had, had a decent, you know, he had this outer goal of wanting to reunite with his wife. But then he had this internal need of needing to, to come to terms with why they were estranged to begin with and how can he change to, right. to prevent that from, you know, he had to realize like, oh, I should have, have encouraged her all along instead of just, you know, sent her to fail and then been surprised that she didn't essentially is, is what we're led to believe happened. Right. Um, so I thought that, that having that internal storyline, I guess, even though it's still pretty basic, um, and, and really no other characters have one. It's still still miles ahead of most action movies and really well done. It, you know, even though it right. is just the one character, it was it was well thought through and, and present throughout the whole movie and, you know, without being overdone or cheesy. Um, so that definitely got the highest category within, um, within writing characters for me. But then on the flip side of that, uh, character development, I only gave a six, um, largely because we really don't learn that much about most of these characters there's really not right. I mean they have like I said uh, John McClane does have an arc he does you know he's got a decent arc there but he really doesn't change too much and certainly no one else does and and there is no um, I guess development is more um you know figuring out who these characters are as opposed to the changes they go through I don't know why I'm getting stuck on character arcs but uh, I don't know. I just felt like there there could have been a little bit more there. Still, still within um, well within the the meets expectations range. Uh, but I just didn't feel like I could push it into exceed mm. expectations because it did seem like there was. I think I think similar like you had more problems with things like 
um, not knowing the business that this, you know, and, and that didn't bother me too much. It didn't bother me that much either. I just thought it's kind of funny. Yeah. But I think, I think for me with, with character development, I had more, uh, it was more of those kind of answers that weren't, or those kind of questions that weren't answered. There we go. Um, they kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, but then everything else fell within the exceeds expectations range. Um, I didn't get, I probably could have, gone a little higher with dialogue because like you said like it is very quotable and very you know there's so many lines that's like oh yeah I know what's coming next oh yeah I knew that was coming oh there's that line like there were so many so I probably could have um knocked it up a little bit more than that um so I gave it a seven out of ten but it just didn't seem like aside from being quotable which was enough to to you know bump it up into exceeds expectations um but just didn't really seem outstanding to me I don't know it just and, and maybe it is just because I have heard all those lines so many times maybe it's just right. maybe I, I've become jaded to it or something <laughs> um but it just yeah okay fine. what was the lowest scoring thing uh lowest scoring. Char- character development with a six out of ten okay and development is character arc is that character's progression as a character right and character development is how much of the writing sort of fleshes out that character, right? Right. Yeah. I hope that's right. That's how I see it. <laughs> <laughs> what were your um, highest and lowest? Uh, I got sevens for everything and then nine okay. for dialogue. Oh, yeah. You said that. All right. So what does that, because uh, I can't do math in my head, what does that average out to? Slightly over 7. a seven? 7.4. exceeds okay. expectations. Uh, mine came out to a, a seven even, actually. Um, exceeds expectations. Oh. Well, it ended up being pretty close anyways. What did you think about the acting and casting? Um, I hesitate like I'm about to say something bad. Everything got pretty solid scores. Um, definitely by far the highest score for me was was the casting of main characters. Because, I mean, oh, this yeah. movie, this was the first movie role for Alan Rickman, um, which is crazy. I mean, he was a, a stage actor, I believe. Uh, yeah. We looked it up. It's not like I just knew that off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, he, he was acting before this. Um, but this was his first film role, and it was um, one of Bruce Willis's first film roles. He had Moonlighting, the TV show before this, and he had been in, I believe, a couple uh, minor things here and there. Um, but I think nothing... he was in commercials. Those for some me. like wine coolers. <laughs> There's a commercial on YouTube that I saw a while back where he's like dancing around in jeans and a white T-shirt, and that sounds that sounds like the '80s. Dancing for those wine coolers, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if that was before or after Die Hard. I'm sure it was before, or if it aired after. I'm sure he filmed it before at least. Yeah. Um, because he actually got like a huge paycheck for this movie. I, I really? Yeah, it was like five million, I think, which which in 1988 was like an unheard of amount wow. for an actor, and he was. I guess he was pretty big. I I, I kept forgetting he was on Moonlighting. Um, so I guess he was like a established TV star, but like they didn't even want to put his face on the posters because they thought that people wouldn't go see the movie. Oh, they think it was like moonlighting the movie. I guess. I don't quite know what their rationale was. I think the, the trivia that I read was something like, oh, people who aren't fans of his won't go see it. Was Maybe moonlighting was just a much bigger show than I thought. Was it like a huge show? I don't even know what it was about. I... 
And I keep saying oh, the title. I'm not that. even positive I'm getting the title right. I'm pretty sure that's what it was called, right? I question Sounds everything. Familiar. Ever since saying that Die Hard was written and directed by Shane Black, I question everything. <laughs> that was a pretty big mistake. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so definitely casting main characters. I gave that an 8.5, mostly because of, of those two actors. And I guess they really are pretty much the only two main characters. I'm not the, the police officer, but he's really not in it that much. Um, he's in it quite a bit and he always plays that that actor always plays that character yeah he does either that character or like a, a cranky tired judge and then the guy who plays the police chief deputy chief or whatever I think he also always plays like a law enforcement guy <laughs> I didn't even recognize him I don't know if I've seen him any. I probably have but oh maybe it's only clips of this that I've seen him in <laughs> <laughs> Um, my lowest for this one, though, which is kind of funny, is uh, was the casting for secondary characters. Um, just because it, it kind of seemed like anybody could have played those roles. Yeah. You know, aside from aside from the two I mentioned, and maybe um, Al, that was his name, right? Yeah. The, the sergeant um, or the yeah sergeant. Ugh, I just question everything. Al. Um, but yeah, aside from aside from Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman and maybe the the police officer, um, pretty much everybody else was kind of like anyone could have played that part. It really did. Nobody yeah. was was poorly cast. Like it's not like it's like oh right. why did they put that person in that role? Which is why I still got a five. But I didn't really feel like there was any inspired casting. There were no other breakout roles. I mean, having two breakout roles is, is probably enough for one movie, but right. you know, there's just, it's not like, oh, that person's in this movie. Yeah, oh, they didn't really person. do much, so yeah. that was fine. They just have to look German. Because <laughs> they speak yeah. German. <laughs> like, broken German and bad accents. <laughs> it's not even, they didn't hire people who know how to speak German, they just right. hired people who looked tough, which I guess they kind of did. Was that cop's name really Al? I thought so. I looked. Because his up. last name is Powell. His name is Al Powell. Maybe it was his real name that was Al. No, it's Al Powell. That. Oh man, minus one writing for that. <laughs> Al Powell. Okay. <laughs> what did you think about? We've talked a lot about the casting. What did you think about the acting throughout this movie? I thought it was all really good. Um, don't have anything bad to say. Alan Rickman makes a pretty good bad guy. He makes a pretty good anything. He's, he's greatly missed. He was a talent. Yeah. I say, like, that's something revolutionary nobody's ever heard. But, uh, yeah. I really, I think the only other thing I've seen him in is the Harry Potter movies. I really um, haven't seen him in much. Uh, maybe there's a few other things that I'm just not thinking of that I've seen him in. But, but yeah, I thought he did pretty good. And I thought Bruce Willis was fine. Um, nothing was, like... Like, I think, because I, I gave decently high scores. I gave um, 6.5 to both of the acting subcategories um, and also 6.5 to extras, which I think is largely because, um, but, like, for an action movie, <laughs> it was particularly good acting. Um, and especially, like, I we were talking with my parents about this movie earlier today before we watched it. And like, yeah, we're going to watch and review Die Hard. And they were like preparing us for all the awful acting I'm like it must have been a long time since they've seen it because it wasn't I mean like I said it's nothing academy award worthy or anything and it's not right. like I'm gonna be talking about it for days but like I thought the acting was fine it was it was pretty good and Alan Rickman especially he definitely stole the show <laughs> he was yeah. he was great 
especially for his first role. Like pretty impressive. Yeah, or his first his first film role again. He he did acting before. It's not like he just walked off the street and like I'm gonna start acting today. Um, he was professionally trained before this, but theater acting and, and film yeah. acting are, are very different, and he he nailed it. All right. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add for acting and casting? No, I think uh, we agree on pretty much everything. The casting for the main characters and line deliveries were both rated pretty high for me, yeah. uh, especially since this movie does have a lot of dialogue in it. Yeah, it is pretty talky for a, for an action movie, which I appreciate. And it's kind of yeah. funny because that's central to the plot because there's these walkie-talkies that have three different people. Yeah. You have Al Powell. <laughs> Uh, you have the main guy, the good guy, the bad guy, everyone's communicating with walkie-talkies all over the place. They don't even know where the other people are located, Yeah. but they can all communicate. Yeah, there's all this banter, and there's just a lot of talking for an action movie, a lot more talking. So I'm glad it, it worked out as well as it did, because that's one of those things where if you rely on it that much, and it's a little bit off, it can just get really grating. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so what was your total score for acting and casting? Acting and casting got a 6.6. Exceeds expectations. That is funny, because that is exactly what I gave it. All right. <laughs> well, I guess we are in agreement. Uh, so that's going to bring us to cinematography lighting. Uh, and this one, I was actually pleasantly surprised with how well everything was lit. I don't know what I was expecting, um, but it exceeded my expectations down the line. Everything, um, everything got between a seven and an eight in this category for me. I thought the, the, everything set the mood really well. Like things were, were dark and, and mysterious isn't the word I'm looking for, but uh, like you couldn't quite see where things right. were at times, like suspenseful, I guess is the word yeah. I'm looking for more than mysterious, um, especially when he's in like the, the really tight confined places and it's like. The, the lighting, like, you can see everything you need to see, but you can tell, like, that it's dark and, and confined, and, and he's having trouble seeing, um, so that the lighting in that regard was great. There was a lot of, you'd made some comment at some point, like, how many steam rooms does this place have? <laughs> so, <laughs> logistically speaking, it was a little iffy, but as far as the mood and, and the beauty as well, I've said this in, in other podcasts, I am a sucker for, like, a smoke-filled room or any kind of, this wasn't yeah. smoke, it was steam, but any kind of... <laughs> Any kind Maybe of Maybe that's the business they did. It was a steam <laughs> business. They sell they sell steam and steam accessories. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, anytime there's texture in the air, I just think it's it's absolutely gorgeous. So I loved all the all the steam, even though its presence was questionable. And um, you know, then you got the bright lights when they're shining the lights in, and, and just things like that. Like I thought, and and even things that that are almost um, it was almost neo noir at times with like. Know, really high contrast and like you know you have Venetian blind draped or yeah. like Venetian blind shadows I guess is kind of what I'm trying to say <laughs> like on people's faces um things there, like that yeah there were scenes like that and then there were also a few where there were bright lights behind Alan Rickman yeah like pointed right at the camera and it gave it a, a very weird look very Absolutely. ominous yeah and I think the camera was even like several feet below his head, looking up at him, looking up at the lights. Yeah, I think mean, you're right. Yeah. Well, what did you think of the, of the lighting other than? I also think it was, uh, it definitely exceeded my expectations. I gave everything sevens and nines. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Which ones, uh, which subcategories did you consider outstanding? Uh, mood, realism, and storytelling. 
I'm not yeah. really sure how to how to allocate points for some of these categories, <laughs> but I thought uh, the lighting played a really big part in telling the story. Absolutely, yeah. And I thought that everything was very well lit. I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so what did that average out to, unless there's anything else you wanted to add? That averaged out to 8.2. Outstanding. All right. Uh, mine was a 7.5. Exceeds expectations. Uh, so that's going to bring us to cinematography camera work. This one, um, I don't have too much to say about. I thought everything looked nice. Uh, there's definitely some some well-composed shots throughout. I think like what you were saying about the camera looking up at, at kind of ominous angles. Um, there were even a couple Dutch angles thrown in there, which I thought were used. Um, I think it was just one scene in particular, the scene where um, he, I believe it was the scene where he uh, meets uh, Gruber for the first time. And then I think, I believe it's once he realizes that he is the bad guy. Yeah. Um, it's like... The, the Dutch angle starts to kick in. Yeah, it doesn't, like, you don't see the tilt happen. But it's like, you know, it cuts and then... Oh, you know, okay. I think I'm using my hands a lot and I realize people can't see me and, but, but yeah, so there were a few things here and there that I thought that the, that the camera work did really well. Um, but nothing really like, certainly nothing outstanding. A couple of, I thought I gave overall camera work and mise en scene a 6.5 and everything else was, was fives and sixes. Um, wow. so, so still good, but yeah. How about you? You sound surprised. Uh, yeah, I gave everything a seven in this category. Okay. Seven's all the way down. I did notice a lot of little things here and there. Like I mentioned with the lights behind Alan Rickman and how the camera angles were looking up at him. Yeah. And um, there was a couple scenes where there was some really interesting camera movements. I don't remember what they are right now. Okay, because I and, remember, maybe I just didn't remember it for some reason. Because one of the things, like camera movement, I gave, I gave a five out of ten to because I really didn't remember seeing much. But maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention or didn't, for some reason, didn't register. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, this exceeded my expectations. Um, there was nothing like award-winning. There was nothing like that I, that like blew my mind, but um, it solidly exceeded my expectations. Okay. So you know, one thing, I just remembered something for, um, for, for cinematography lighting. Um, it seems awkward going back, but I'm going to do it anyway before we give our final scores for, for cinematography camera work. One thing that I really liked with the lighting that I forgot about till just now is how well they showed the L.A. smog. Like every time you saw, <laughs> like, and I think it was just like magic hour and magic hour in L.A. ironically is like the one place where it's not beautiful because it's just yeah. the smog is awful and it's just a lot of those especially in the beginning i really didn't notice it in too many other places but in the beginning like you see like this magic hour shot of la and it's just grungy and smoggy and brown. yes the whole thing is just brown like it, it looks like something you would see like like during like a dust bowl documentary or something like, yeah obviously not a documentary but like reenactment well, or something like it just yeah we went to la once on a bus and we, we were on the, the road and we turned around this mountain 
and I, I see what looks like a dust storm or something. I'm like, wow, that's really weird. And then I realized, no, wow, that's L.A. Wow, that's really mm-hmm. gross. It's awful. I seriously thought that we were entering mm-hmm. like a dust storm. Yeah. I cannot yeah. stress how disgusting the air it looks. Bad. I think, was that during the drought or was that before the drought? I feel like it might have been particularly bad because it hasn't like, had Yeah, I think so it was, long. I don't know, we've been in drought for like five years now. We're, we've been out of it for like a year, I thought. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. We were it was, in it for a while. It was, I yeah. feel like it might have been towards the beginning of the drought, so it hadn't rained very much in like a year. But I could be wrong. It might have been before that. Anyway, this is getting interesting to a very small amount of people. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, I just don't feel like like LA smog is depicted accurately very often. Um, so I, that was just something that I appreciated. And, and especially because it was like magic hour, and that's usually exploited to be all romantic and you know warm and comforting and then you just see this gross LA skyline and I'm like guessing someone from New York made this movie because <laughs> there was a lot of New York LA comparisons being made yeah um but anyway so I just I, I remembered that as we were talking about camera work and I didn't want to forget again um so yeah but anyway back to camera work um unless there's anything else you wanted to add what was your total score for camera for, work? for cinematography camera work yeah uh yeah i gave sevens for everything so that averaged oh. out to 7.0 that makes sense. solidly meets expectations that one i could have done in my head but i forgot that you had said that already <laughs> what did you get um i gave it a 5.8 um, it definitely meets expectations and is on the higher end of that. Um, and, and a lot of that is very likely because this was a first viewing um, upon later viewings, um, which I'm sure I will go back and watch it again later. Um, I'm sure I'll notice more things like like camera movement and, and you know how, how the camera plays into storytelling. I'm sure there's there's a lot more of that than meets the eye. Or that doesn't quite make sense, but you know what I mean. More, you know, there's more going on below the surface. Um, so I'm sure with multiple viewings, a lot of those scores probably would get bumped up and it would, would easily get into the exceeds expectations. But with the first viewing, uh, nothing really caught my eye um, enough to, to bump the score up. All right. So what did you think about the editing and special effects? Um, I really don't have much to say about this category. Um, for special effects, I thought it was mostly... Good. A lot of the um, the gunshots were were really obviously fake, which bothered me. I know this was 30 years ago, and yeah. special effects just weren't what they are now, even for things like that. Um, so I didn't I didn't dock points for it, but um, definitely didn't didn't get into the exceeds expectations because of it. Um, although the fire, well, actually, I was gonna say the fire looked pretty good, but that's because almost all of it was practical effects. They were actually like burning things to, to get those explosions um so yeah everything within this category for me is is just fives and sixes down the line um nothing really of note yeah i uh thought pretty much the same thing i did bump it up a little bit because pace is part of the editing and i thought the pace was really good um also i gave it just a little bit of extra points for the fight scenes being interesting or good a lot That's of fight true. scenes I can't stand because they just use a bunch of close-ups and edits yeah. to, to like make it feel tense. 
And I find that to be so boring. So very boring. Yeah. And this did not do that. This had people like smashing someone's face into a wall and like hitting someone's the head while they're laying on a bunch of metal pipes and like really gruesome stuff. Even the gunshots, like there was blood. And I think that they did that more during the 80s. It seems like now when people get shot in movies, they just like fall down. Oh yeah. I never, I can't remember the last time I've seen blood. I think movie. it's I think it's a because um, it's it's real hard to get a PG thirteen rating if you have too much blood and PG thirteen's where it's at. That's the ideal. Yeah, rating. but you could just mow down hundreds of guys. Oh yeah, as long you, as you don't, you show, don't show blood. blood. Yeah, yeah. That's... yeah, the rating system is kind of weird. Um, so I, I guess yeah. this also gets points for showing blood. I, I mean, I had the same thought. I definitely um, definitely had the same thought. Um, and as far as movement, I gave that one a six out of 10 for, for largely the same thing. I thought that, and a lot of that was of course the directing as well, but, um, like those spy scenes felt relatively realistic. Like it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't handy. I mean, it was technically hand-to-hand combat, but it wasn't like martial arts hand-to-hand combat or. No, it was two dudes it was, smashing faces. It, it was a brawl. Yeah. yeah. It was a, a two person brawl. Um, which is just not really the kind of fight scenes we see these days. Um, and so that was kind of refreshing, I guess. And, and I thought it was well edited. Yeah. Not enough to push it into exceeds expectations for me, but um, I don't know. I, I, I guess maybe I was a little bit harsh on the editing category for some reason, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your overall score? My overall came out to a 5.4. It was fine. It met my expectations. Okay. Mine was a 5.8. Okay, I'm for sure yours was going to be quite a bit higher. So did I. Hmm. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure what happened there. But oh hmm. well. <laughs> All right, so that's going to bring us to the next category, which is going to be sound. Um, I should let you take the lead on this one. I, I think I got a little too excited with this with this movie in general. <laughs> I keep I keep just jumping into each category. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for some reason, I don't quite remember why I gave the score and soundtrack a perfect 10, which I think is a little bit much. <laughs> uh, I did, I did like a lot of the songs that they played, um, especially when they played Beethoven's Ode to Joy, when they opened the vault and there was like a slight heavenly glow. Yeah. And it was just kind of silly and funny and kind of fun over the top. 10 is a bit high though. It's a little high. If it was just soundtrack, I could maybe see that. But the the original score was a little lackluster, I thought. That's true. I did think, um, I know I uh, gave uh, Iron Man 3 a very, very, very low score for uh, score and soundtrack because of all of the Christmas music. Yeah. Um, And I was kind of bracing myself to do the same with this one. But I actually thought it was a a decent balance. It was like one song in the beginning, one song at the end couple mentions of the Christmas here and there, a couple Christmas trees here and there. It wasn't too obnoxious, um, which not to digress to past reviews too much, but it was pretty obnoxious in Iron Man 3, I thought. Right. Um, so I actually thought that the Sworn soundtrack was was pretty good, but I did not give it anywhere near a perfect 10. I just gave it a 5 out of 10. Um, so I thought the, you know, the music, the, the Christmas music that they used was fine. The score was a little lackluster, um, and they kind of balanced each other out. To, to get a five out of ten for me uh, but some of those uh, there was one Christmas song in particular that I feel like 
you were like, oh, yeah, I know who this is. And you got kind of into it. And I'm like, oh, when is this going to end? Because <laughs> um, it was just not my musical taste. So maybe it would have gotten a little bit higher if I had perhaps liked the music a little bit more uh, as far as the, the Christmas songs they picked. But it was, I mean, at least it wasn't Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Jingle right. Bells. Like they at least picked the least obnoxious songs in that regard. Yeah, I'm... 10 was a bit much. I bumped it down to a 9, which is still pretty high. Seems pretty high to me, but I must have had a reason for scoring it that high. Can't remember off the top of my head. I also thought that the overall sound mix was pretty good because there was a lot of background music for like the Christmas party stuff. And yeah. which I, I think is one of those things that you have to get right on a movie with this much talking. Yeah. This much dialogue. Okay. I actually thought. I thought the overall sound design was really good as far as like the way things worked together. Um, but as far as the sound mix goes, it did seem like the levels were, I mean, I think it was intentional. I don't know. I have kind of mixed feelings because it was definitely the kind of movie where like in the beginning of the movie, you turn the volume up pretty loud to hear all the dialogue. Right. And then as soon as the gunfire starts, like, Oh my God, it comes down. The neighbors are going to be like, what's happening? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that's not true. Literally, but uh, but I mean, that's just, you know, it's not like you couldn't hear dialogue at any point. It was just that the action was really loud, uh, which I mean, it's an action movie. I think that's intentional. I think that was the intended effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when you're not in a movie theater, you're just at home watching it. It's a little much. Um, so I just gave, I gave the sound mix a five for that reason, but I gave the sound design overall um, an eight out of 10 because I thought that it did a good job of, of like, so like incorporating you know, background music and, you know, making it sound like you're at a party, but you can still hear everyone talking for the most part. Uh, like that part of the sound mix was fine. Um, and all the action sound effects, like even though they were loud, they sounded good. Um, right. So all that kind of stuff I thought was really good. And then even things like, like when he's running, like you can tell that he's running barefoot because they went in and added like sound effects that sound like their feet <laughs> running on, like things like that. Like it didn't sound like like someone with shoes running it sounded like bare feet hitting the ground like right. you know things like that within the sound design um just the you know attention to detail with things like that um was, was appreciated um so yeah i have kind of this is kind of a hit and miss category for me everything either got a five or an eight for me okay well everything got sevens except for soundtrack got a nine okay. which is still seems a bit high but whatever <laughs> i gave it what i gave it <laughs> I trust my past self. Well, not enough. You still knocked it down from a 10 to a 9. Well, I trust my current self more than my past self. So. <laughs> past self has screwed me over many, many times. <laughs> so for me, <laughs> after all that, the sound comes out to 7.4. Okay. Mine was a 6.8. Uh, surprisingly lower than yours. I thought this was one of my higher scores. Um, but yeah, still solidly exceeds expectations. Um, and, and was pretty good overall. <laughs> so that brings us to a category that is always fun for movies made in, in this time period, <laughs> <laughs> the aesthetics category. Um, and I always try really, really hard to, um, not judge it just for being made when it was made, uh, which was particularly for, for things like hair, um, but the, right. 
costumes and makeup were, were fairly decent given the time period, but the hair was a little hard to get over for me. But I did my best, to be fair, because uh, I can't help it. It was made in 88. It's got 88 hairstyles and, and 88 clothes. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so for hair and costumes, I gave both of those uh, just a 5 out of 10, because it's like, it definitely is not timeless. It definitely is stuck in 88. Um, so did I. Oh, okay. But uh, I think I think that suits this movie because, again, it's L.A. It's L.A. Yeah. in the late '80s. There's a business meeting, holiday party. Yeah, that's people should be wearing what they wore in those situations. Yeah, I think the only time it was a little bit ridiculous for me, which apparently it didn't bother me too much, because I still gave it five out of ten, so I didn't dock points for it. But the uh, the pregnant lady. That was like a, a semi-main plot, well, not a main plot point, but it was a plot point where they're like, oh, we got a, like, we've got this pregnant lady, we need to make her comfortable, like, let's, let's yeah. have the, the Mrs. McLean or, or whatever that, she didn't want to go by that, what was it, Holly, um, um, now all I can think of is Holly Glightly, but that's a totally different character, uh, it's Breakfast at Tiffany's, that's a different thing, um, but yeah, so the, the <laughs> pregnant lady, um, like, I didn't, like, she she goes in and mentions, like, oh, there's someone who's pregnant. Like, she's, don't worry, she's not due for another two weeks. So, like, oh, she's, like, pregnant, pregnant. Like, practically due at any day. And then, like, later we see that character. I'm like, oh, we've seen that character before. I couldn't even tell she was pregnant because her clothes are so baggy. She's just wearing this, yeah. like, practically a moo-moo dress. Like, I mean, not quite, but it's just, like, you could put, like, like, if they had not gone out of their way to point out that she was pregnant, I would not have known. And yeah. even even going out of their way to point out that she was pregnant, you really couldn't tell. Um, so that's the only time where, where the costumes were maybe, um, you know, maybe they should have not just gone with whatever was in fashion. Maybe they <laughs> could have done something a little different. Um, but like I said, apparently that still didn't bother me enough to knock it down any because it's still about five out of ten. Uh, what did you think about about makeup? At first, I gave it a five, but then I realized Bruce Willis is wearing a lot of makeup in this movie. Yeah, especially by the end. Mm -hmm. um, and even the first time we see him when he's talking to his estranged wife, he's wearing the tank top. Uh, looks like he has some scars and tattoos, and I'm pretty sure tattoos, those aren't yeah. his. Yeah, I, I actually had the, the exact same thought. Um, was going to go with a five and then remembered all the, the wound makeup and things like yeah. that and knocked it up to an eight. Wow. Yeah. Because he was, he did have a lot. Was he was pretty... beat up. Yeah. And like you said, we don't see that much blood these days. Yeah. I mean, ma wound makeup, we see a little bit more often than like somebody getting shot and seeing blood squirt out. Like that's become a lot more rare um but usually it's like a couple cuts on the face maybe maybe a, a gunshot wound in the shoulder you know something something a little bloody maybe bloody shirt yeah but like he was beat up yeah um the note that i have for this says battered and bruised bruce that's apt <laughs> what did you think about the sets and locations I actually thought that, I mean, pretty much all we see is is the tower, um, which obviously contains a lot of, of little sets throughout. Um, but I thought the the sets were were 
really well done. Like, I like that you have, like, the more lived-in spaces where, like, the party's being held, but then you have these under-construction spaces. Um, right. Like, I thought it was it was really well done. Um, I also, I, I didn't look at that many pieces of trivia for this movie, but one of the ones that I came across was that, um, I believe it's Fox is the uh, the studio behind this movie. I could be wrong, but I believe it was Fox. And they were actually in the middle of building a new, like, corporate headquarters or whatever oh. during the filming of this movie. And they're like, let's just film it in this, like, building that's under construction that we happen to own. So then they they rented the building out to themselves, <laughs> essentially. Okay. I thought that was kind of funny. I'm sure what they meant, the, the way they phrased it on the trivia that I read was that they rented it to themselves. But each... Each movie essentially becomes its own business. Like you have to like, like you have to open up to like the diehard LLD or whatever. Like it would be a company okay. under this umbrella, and the company would hire everybody and get funding and and be its own little company that like gets funding from the parent, like the parent company essentially, okay. which would be the studio. But filming wraps, the business closes. The comp- the corporation just exists to create the movie, and then it's done. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so anyway, so as far as, as sets and locations go, um, I thought it was it was pretty solid. Yeah, so did I. I really liked how it's a very small time frame. This is one afternoon, and it's in one location, but there still seemed like there was a lot of different things going on. Like there was a very fancy uh, head honcho's office, which looked a certain way, and then there was like the main room where everyone was having a party, and um, all the little side offices and the under construction floor and the other floor that had all the mainframes and that stuff and yeah. the entryway and there was like a, like a little pond that had um, some foliage and he dove in that to avoid the helicopter explosion and <laughs> sounds pretty over the top but sure. uh, you know the sprinklers were on and it had like a it almost felt like a different environment yeah which is really interesting because, like I said, it's one building. Right. Yeah. It's one afternoon. Yeah. But there was still so much going on. So, okay. yeah, I, I gave it the sets and locations extra points for that. Um, maybe it should lose points for how much steam there was. But I guess we've established this is a steam business. <laughs> and they are in the business of steam and steam accessories. So I mean, that explains it for me. <laughs> Uh, so I guess that just leaves props then. What did you think of the props? So I don't think if you're gonna lose, if you're gonna dock points for the steam, it would probably be under props more than sets. I don't know. I don't know. Or under lighting. I don't really know. I gave it points because I thought I didn't really care where it came from. It looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> I gave props a seven out of ten. Exceeds expectations, but I don't remember why. I don't know. I think I was just happy with overall how things looked. I'm kind of in the same boat. I gave it a, an 8 out of 10. The only reason I can think of that I gave it a little boost, is I really only read like five things of trivia, but apparently I'm just listing them all. Um, one of the pieces of trivia I read is that um, Bruce Willis is left-handed, which I appreciate because I am also left-handed. Um, and he, so, and, and they, they kept the character left-handed, which a lot of times they don't for whatever reason in movies. I know, right? What? You can't tell, but Tristan just made a face, um, which... Uh, yeah, um, 
I don't know, for whatever reason, the, the writers or directors will decide a character is not left-handed, I guess. Um, but they didn't in this movie. And they actually, the gun that he uses, they had, like, a prop gun that they had to modify to okay. make it. I don't know how. I've never touched a gun. I have no idea if... if... It ejects shells normally towards the right. So if oh. you're right-handed, I think that's how it works. Like, do you know which gun it was? His pistol, I think. Like the main one that was like like his, yeah. not one that he stole from the others. I could be wrong. I didn't. It it gave like a name of a god, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think that. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. But I know some guns will eject the part of the bullet, not part of the bullet. Now you're gonna get comments from gun, <laughs> gun nuts. Part of it is ejecting the casing to the left or the right, and then I think also like the safety or something is on one side or the other. Huh. All right. Well, whatever they I don't did. Know. You can cut that out if you want. I mean, that sounds right. Um, I I don't know. I couldn't obviously. I couldn't tell looking at it, but just knowing that they did that, and uh, as a left-handed person, uh, made me pretty happy. So I think that probably contributed to the bump. I, I honestly don't remember um, why. Usually, if I give props more than like a six, it's for a specific reason. Um, so maybe that was it. Maybe that was the only specific reason. Um, but overall, I thought the aesthetics, I mean, hair and costumes were definitely stuck in the 80s, <laughs> um, which I didn't dock points for because it's not its fault, but I didn't give extra points. Uh, but everything else I gave eights to because I, I thought it was solid and, and just looks good. Yeah. So what was your overall score for aesthetics? Uh, so overall, that average is out to a 6.8 exceeds expectations. Okay. Mine was 6.6. All right. Very close. How about the impact on film? Did this movie impact film? That's the question. It sure I, did. Okay. Uh, did you, I don't think you looked at mine. Did you actually come up with your own for this one? No, I just copy what you get for this. Oh, I didn't even see you. And then adjust it if necessary. Aww. All right, well, so I guess I'll, I'll take the lead then. <laughs> um, so for this one, it's going to get divided up into three subcategories. We've got critical impact, audience cult impact, and historical inspirational impact. So normally for critical impact, I would just go to Metacritic, divide the score by 10, maybe round up or down, depending on my feelings. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, um, so for critical impact for this one, because I know it's been around for for 30 years, I really didn't feel the need to look it up on, on Metacritic. <laughs> and, and because Metacritic wasn't even around 30 years ago, it's kind of a moot point. Like it's just gonna gather older reviews. Um, so anyway, so but because I know that, you know, this this like I said, this gets referenced in screenwriting books constantly. Yeah. It gets referenced in um just film books in general like I mean it's just referenced it's referenced all the time it's even referenced in film theory books like I was talking about before um so there's definitely a critical impact in that regard so you know maybe it didn't get nominated for academy awards maybe it didn't get the best film reviews at the time I have no idea but I do know that it's had a, a lasting impact and that it's used as like an example of you know film <laughs> it's you know right. it's used as as an example um, so for that reason, I gave it um, an 8.5 out of 10, which, which looking at it now, I, I feel like I could have gone even higher. Um, and I'm not entirely certain why I didn't. Because um, it's not Citizen Kane. I don't know. Well, it's considered like a 9.5. Um, I think maybe it's just because it, it is an action film and and critics tend to to not pay too much attention to action films. 
Um, so I could have could have had something to do with um, with my thought process, but I honestly don't remember. Um, but I did give for audience cult impact. That one I definitely gave uh, much higher. That one's a 9.5. Um, it's definitely has a huge cult following. And, you know, so many people these days are like, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Die Hard. Yeah. Like it's not even a second thought. Um, and even though, there, I mean, there's a lot of action movies that that take place around Christmas. And and so it's not even just like, oh, it's an action movie that takes place at Christmas. How novel that's going to be. I'm going to say that's my favorite Christmas movie. Right. Like there's, there's a decent handful to choose from. And for whatever reason, people glommed on to this one as like the action Christmas movie to watch at Christmas time. Um, and, and so, I mean, just the, the cult following in that regard and, and you know, that 30 years later, it's still referenced constantly. They're still still making sequels. It's not been that long since yeah. I think it was Die Hard 5 or whatever. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely, definitely so popular, definitely so beloved. Um, huge, huge um, audience cult impact there. And the historical and inspirational impact, that one I gave a 9 out of 10. Um, which is pretty much for for all the same reasons as as critical and audience cult impacts. Like it's definitely um, it has definitely inspired other filmmakers to the right. point that they're now you know writing about it as examples. Like here's how you should write an action movie. Here's how you should you know do this or you know whatever. Um, so it's definitely definitely had an impact for filmmakers. And then like I was saying um, at the at the top of this review with um, even just like potentially shaping ideas of what masculinity means in Western society, like things like that, that it um, potentially has had, has had an influence in, I think is um, for sure plays a part in that as well, as far as I guess I'll be more of the historical impacts maybe. Um, but it definitely, definitely has, has impact there. And, and, and for all of the impact it has within the, within the action genre, like this movie was very influential in, in shaping the action genre to what it is today. Um, so, so it's just very, um, definitely inspirational in, in that regard as well. So, so very high scores, um, for all three of those for me, averaging out to a nine out of 10. Wow. Yeah. I took your scores and rounded them to the nearest whole number. Oh, so you gave something a perfect 10 just to round up. Yep. Perfect 10s are supposed to be sacred. <laughs> um, really? That's melodramatic. I don't know. I think of all the movies that I can think of, this is probably one that would get a 10 for audience cult impact. It would be this yeah. or some movie that they show at midnight. Right? I was going to say, I usually, you joked about uh, Citizen Kane being yeah. like reserved for the perfect 10 for critical impact. Now I think for audience cult impact, the perfect 10 would be like Rocky Horror Picture yeah. Show. Although I feel like I've given a few perfect 10s uh, for other movies, but I can't remember what they are now. Overall. So, Oh, sorry. I was just saying, what what did your uh, impact on film average out to? Is it still a nine out of ten, or is it something? Nine point three three. Okay. So, overall, did you enjoy this film? Um. Wow. I don't mean dramatic to, pause. I know. I was literally just about to say I don't mean to pause too dramatically. Um, it's just, I feel like that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> According to the grid, <laughs> on a scale of one to ten. I mean, I gave it, I gave it a 4.5 out of 10, which does still, it meets expectations. Like I didn't, I didn't hate this movie. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. I thought it, I, I think, I think for me, the reason it didn't get higher with the meets or with the overall enjoyment category is because I, I have to keep qualifying it as for an action movie, 
it did this really well. Like for an action movie, I liked it a lot. Um, and I think for overall enjoyment, I have to really take a step back and, and completely take it out of the for an action movie okay. lens and, and look at it as like, no, just just strictly genre aside, how much did I enjoy this movie compared to all other movies I've seen? And, and it, it was a little low for me. Um, it, if I did look at it strictly through the lens of how much did I enjoy this compared to other action movies I've seen, it would be much, much higher. Probably double that score would be easily in the outstanding range because this is easily probably the best action movie I've ever seen um, or, or, at least, wow. or at least up there. But I still just don't like action movies. I really, I'm not usually the kind of person that like draws a line in the sand and is like, I don't, I don't like anything on this other side of this line. But okay. the action movies are just, um, unless they're mixed with something else, like action sci-fi, great. Like I love the Terminator movies. They're fun. Um, action adventure. I love adventure. That's great. But when it's just straight action, uh, it just doesn't hold my interest. Um, and I'm sure there, I'm sure there's some exceptions that I'm, I'm just not remembering. I'm sure that I have seen some action movies that, that I like a lot more. Um, but I just, I'm just not an action movie fan. Um, so, so that's why it, it got so low. Um, uh, but I do think it's, I mean, it didn't go below expectations. A 4.5 is still a, it's still a decent score. Um, but it's definitely not, um, as far as overall enjoyment goes, definitely not my favorite movie ever. Okay. Wow. <laughs> you look like I hurt your feelings. I'm offended. I, I thought for sure you were going to be really harsh on this one, and I was going to look generous. No. That is clearly not what just happened. No. <laughs> and not even a little. Yeah. So for overall enjoyment, I actually gave this a 9 out of 10. Wow. I was equally surprised. I guess I should watch more action movies. Or more Alan Rickman movies. I feel like yeah, that might be... Yeah, there you go. Be... That's a big part of it, I think. But yeah, I thought the action was... What action there was, like the fight scenes, was was done really well. I really liked that. I like seeing someone who was relying on being quick-witted and sort of outthinking, although also just shooting people <laughs> when, yeah. when necessary. Uh, I really liked the characters, even though most of them weren't very well developed, but I just, uh, I thought this was a pretty fun movie and saying that it exceeded my expectations didn't seem like high enough of a score. So I bumped it up a little bit to outstanding. And this is definitely a movie I could watch again. It's a movie that I look forward mm -hmm. to watching again. And I can okay. see how people would watch this every year at Christmas. I don't think I'm going to be one of those people. <laughs> I'll probably watch it at Christmas, maybe once every few years. I can see that. Which is, there's very few movies where I feel like that. Yeah, I am uh, I am extremely shocked right now. I thought for sure, like I was worried you would hate it so much you wouldn't even want to record a podcast about it because um, I, I know your feelings on action movies. I think you might be, well, I thought you were, <laughs> disliked them even more than me. And I guess I... I thought so too. I don't know, maybe I need to, to pull my head out of the sand or something <laughs> and, and open my mind. So, so I guess to any, to any listeners out there, um, if you have any suggestions for some great action movies, I think we, we need to broaden our horizons. Or so I need to broaden my yeah. horizons and you need to, to just watch more movies that you would like because it sounds like we've been closing ourselves off to a, a potentially rich genre. 
Um, so, so anyone who wants uh, to recommend us some action movies, we'd love to do them on the podcast, or at least now I'm speaking for you. <laughs> we'd love to watch them at least and, and maybe yeah. do an episode if, if, if that's what we want to do. Um, now I'm just babbling because it's yeah, late-ish I'm, and I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why the action didn't bother me. That's not the right phrasing. Might it hold your interest? Maybe? Yeah. I think part of it was that the, the physical violence was more present. It was um, the, yeah, the type of action was definitely like, like I said, like the hand-to-hand combat. It's not martial arts and it's not a lot of quick edits. It's two guys going at it and, and it's raw. And, and I don't yeah. think we see, I think that was a lot more common in the 80s so and maybe even early 90s and then i'm not sure when that changed um when disney bought everything i'm pausing because that, that that very well could be but but no i don't even think that's it they just wanted still, to get a, a lower rating that's yeah i think that's probably it but yeah i think you just nailed it because the pg-13 rating came around in the late 80s so that's probably what it was yeah yeah, PG-13 rating, it kind of screwed everything up. I mean, I'm glad it's there, because there's a lot of movies that would either be PG that kids definitely shouldn't see, or that would be R that kids would probably have fun seeing and shouldn't be restricted. Um, so, I mean, I get why it's there, but it's kind of a weird rating and, and weird. It's, it's changed cinema right. in ways that I think a lot of people don't realize. Like, it really... I don't think that really was the intended has. effect. It had an unintended effect yeah. that I think very few people are actually happy with. I think Steven Spielberg is pretty happy with it. <laughs> he's, he invented true. it. He like He's the one who went to the studios really? and was like, I think we need another rating. Because his movies specifically, like it was, it was Indiana Jones. Because you can't make an R-rated children's movie. So they invented a new category for his... Pretty much. R-rated children's movie? Pretty much, because parents were getting upset with, like, Indiana Jones. Because they're like, well, this is too mature, but an R-rating. Like, wow, you don't need to be an adult. You just need to be a little older than a kid. And we're like, okay, how about 13? How about teenagers can see it? Huh. And that's why, like, I don't know, this is another... We did pretty good on time, so I feel like I can go on a little rant. But there, there's, like, a lot of a lot of people that are like, man, you just don't get movies like like E.T. or The Goonies or, you know, any of those classic gremlins, like those classic 80s movies. Like, we just don't get movies like that anymore. I'm like, that's because we didn't have the PG-13 rating. Like, those movies existed because you could get away with doing things like that they were doing in a PG movie. And and now with PG-13, like, you wouldn't have all that same stuff, but then it gets to be a PG-13 movie but those movies were geared towards younger kids so they don't work in a pg-13 like it's this weird roundabout thing where like you can't have have kids swearing exactly but you could you know have guns killing dozens of dudes as long as you don't show blood blood. yeah no blood no boobies pg is is getting harder and harder to get these days too so like there's probably like christian cartoons even those (laughs) i'd be i bet veggie tales is pg I'd be willing really? to bet. Maybe not. It's Old Testament. I'm sure it's violence. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyway. Um, 
Yeah, I enjoyed this way more than I thought I would. I am really surprised. I'm not gonna lie. We should see. We should maybe we should start with some more Alan Rickman movies as opposed to action movies because <laughs> you seem to really respond to him in particular. I don't even know what else. What else has he been in besides Harry Potter and Die Hard? I know he's been in a lot he's of been other in things. A few. I think he's done some voice acting too. Oh, I can imagine with a voice like that. How can you not? Yeah. You'd be depriving the world if you didn't. <laughs> Wouldn't that be an awesome podcast? Just Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman riffing. It's pretty amazing. Just talking for two hours about whatever. Yeah. Now I'm sad because we'll never get that. We'll have to piece it together from his movies. <laughs> ho. Ho. <laughs> ho. That was the best part of the movie, I think. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, before we give our final scores, did you give this movie any extra credit? I gave it one point for having Alan Rickman. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and one point for the um, the minor character who uh, kept doing coke. <laughs> um, and then when he ran out of coke, he drank a coke. <laughs> uh, blatant product placement. So. Yeah. That guy just reminded me of Futurama, the 80s business guy, so much. He was very... Which is particularly funny because, like, like, nowadays it's a stereotype. Someone's like, oh, everyone in the 80s did coke. But, like... This that's took place. place in the 80s. Yeah, it's like it was still a stereotype. I don't know. Yeah, that stereotype didn't come out of thin air. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I give it two points for those two things Alan Rickman and Coke. And uh, the 80s, <laughs> 80s business guy. All right. How about you? Uh, I gave it one point of extra credit, which is just kind of for, a, for an amalgamation of things. Um, that's all pretty blatant double dipping. Like, I definitely love the things that Dove did, did within genre. Um, and the thing, like, I, I, I really, really find it interesting that the ways that it changed perception of masculinity, I really think it, it was uh, influential in that regard. Um, I should probably, I really should have gone back and reread the article because it's been a few years. Um, I've been going on and on about how cool it is and I'll probably go back and reread it and be like, oh, I shouldn't have recommended this to people. Um, <laughs> but I remember it being really interesting and, and, um, seemed to make a lot of sense at the time. So um, I thought that was really interesting, and uh, I feel like there were a couple other things, but really I think genre was, was I guess genre and impact on film in general just all kind of lumped together, uh, I thought was enough to um, to warrant giving it a little extra credit, and, and just because sure. I, I love genre, I, yeah. love, I love talking about genre, and even impact on film, I know um, most of my guests uh, and, and you as, as my co-host uh, tend to not like this category very much and I just find it I find it really interesting and I think it can really have um, it can really shape a movie especially in retrospect for one like this that's been around for 30 years um, I, I think it does does play a big part into how we perceive the film um, after the fact uh, so I just think it's interesting and this one um, was particularly interesting so it contributed to the extra credit that's a pretty good reason yeah all right, so uh, so then what was your total score, unless there's anything you want to add? Overall, my total score came out to 77. Exceeds expectations. And that seems about right to me. I thought about an 80, maybe. Okay. And that's pretty much what it is. I'll admit I'm really surprised. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I gave it a, a 67.1. 
Um, so definitely it does exceed expectations. So it's pretty solidly in the middle of that um, category for me. That seems about right. It definitely, I mean, it does go back to, um, you know, it exceeded my expectations for an action movie. And right. I do think that that lens is um, important, I suppose, for, for my rating at least. Um, and I am curious now, like I do... Uh, I don't think I quite realized how how much I disliked action movies. I mean, we <laughs> we mentioned it quite a bit in the Iron Man three review, but that we just didn't really like that movie that much. And this movie I I liked, and yet there were still some relatively low scores. Um, nothing that that dips below expectations, but but again, it goes back to like, well, for an action movie, right. it met my expectations. Uh, and I think once I realized I was looking at the movie through that lens, I was like, man, I really don't like action movies. Um, and I'm not quite sure why I have such a strong bias against it. Because like I said, I'm usually not the type of person that's like, like, oh, I like all movies except this genre. Right. Like, I'll, I'll watch anything. And if it's well written, I like it. Um, and then with this movie, it, it was well written. And I still just kind of was like, meh, it's yeah. just, just an action movie. Um, so I'm not sure where that bias is coming from, and I'm not sure what can help me um, break out of it, I guess. Because I, I do want to be open-minded, and I want to be the type of person that can just sit and enjoy any movie as long as it's well-made. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, if anybody has any suggestions for some great action movies, uh, particularly ones that have good characters, but um, I think this one did. The characters were, were especially uh, John McClane. He was um, well-developed, yeah. relatively speaking. And um, yeah, I guess that's about it. Um, I'm, I'm curious to, I do know um, They Live is also coming up with, a, I believe it's the 30th anniversary this year. It's some big anniversary. Um, that's not until November, so it's a ways away. Uh, but that could be a fun, and that, that one does lean into sci-fi, so I like that one a yeah. bit more. Um, that one could be fun. Um, but yeah, if anyone has any suggestions for, for excellent action movies, send them our way. I think... I just realized one of the things that I think helped keep my interest with this action was that it was really like one guy versus like kind of the environments okay. rather than just having like, you know, whoever has the biggest gun wins or whoever shoots the most bullets or whatever. Yeah. And he was relying on quick wits and a little bit of luck and planning things through and outsmarting and outwitting, outwitting. outlasting. There you go. He is, outwitting and outlasting. Should be a contestant on Survivor. Yeah. What's it? Outwit, outplay, outlast. Is that what it is? It's I been so long. Never? Yeah. I haven't watched it in a long time, but man, I was into it back in the day. Yeah. Memories. <laughs> Maybe they'll have a celebrity edition. I'm you'll see surprised they haven't. 65 year old Bruce Willis, or however old he is, 55. <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> it, would only, it would only work if he was in character the whole time. That would be, that's what they need to do. Celebrity, survivor in character or that could be a challenge yeah. for an episode they can't break character whoever breaks character first man i want to write this reality show It'll be like method somebody, acting survivor yeah somebody get on this all right uh well was there anything else you would like to add there's one thing i would like to add. oh okay now i have a machine gun oh oh I don't know. I can't think of any better way to to end this podcast than that. <laughs> so I think 
that's going to wrap up our discussion of, uh, of Die Hard. Uh, so as always, if you're interested in learning more about the Gritty Films grade rating system, you can check that out over at grittyfilms.com slash the grid. And that's Gritty Films spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y. And you can also check out our Patreon page to learn out how you can support Gritty Films. That's going to be patreon.com slash Gritty Films. Um, and if there, if there are any X-Files fans out there, the uh, Gritty Films X-Files podcast is now up. That's going to be uh, the X-Files on the grid. Check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's me and Tristan going through every episode, rating and, review, rating and reviewing it, using a customized grid specific for TV shows. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Check that out. Um, and as far as uh, new episodes of this podcast goes, uh, let's see. The next one coming up is going to be Juno on July 23rd, 2018. I don't know why I specified the year on that. But, uh, it's going to be me and both of my parents, Mark and Melissa, talking about Juno uh, to celebrate Parents' Day, uh, which is the day before us so will be a day late. But I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, really looking forward to that. Um, so I think that is everything. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to rate and review this podcast on iTunes, that would be super, super appreciated. It'll help us get more listeners and just be super awesome. I will even give you a shout out on the show. Um, I don't know who that's going to appeal to, but if it appeals to you, there you go. Uh, so I think that's going to be it. We will see you next time.